welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, how are you both doing? A little stressed <laughs> at the moment. You guys hanging in there, Tay? Hanging in there. Uh, why are you stressed, Riley? <laughs> Got a lot of stuff to do, sisters. <laughs> Last day of a long Riley, weekend. Riley's Got a lot to do. Riley's the world's busiest teenager. The world's busiest teen. The, the busiest and the most tired, and I guess those things are related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been it's been kind of a week. Yeah. It's been a bit of a week. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, we're still here. So nobody is nobody has stormed in and shut down our studio <laughs> so far. I don't I think really. we'd be high on anybody's list. Anybody's? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't. Uh, nobody. Nobody's intending on stopping us. I don't think. Um, but I know at least for us, it's been difficult, and I'm sure for many of you out there, it's been even more difficult uh, than it has been for us, and. I am sorry for that. And yeah. we're here for you in your ears right now. Or yeah. like surrounding your ears, not necessarily in your ears. Well, that's true. And everyone listens on headphones. Maybe we're in like someone's car right now. Right, like someone's house. <laughs> oh, that's trippy. We're in somebody's living we're in room. We're in somebody else's. Right maybe we're coming out of somebody's bathroom shower speaker. Oh, man. Maybe somebody somewhere is naked listening to this right now. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> Taylor said naked. Uh, <laughs> you know, like right now. Jeez, what like, are you doing? We know. We know you're naked right now. We know. And I what know. are you even thinking? Riley's 16. Come on. Put some clothes on. What are you thinking? My sister's here. She's a teenager. Come on. Do you hear this noise I'm making? I'm not going to stop making this noise until you put clothes on. <laughs> Way to go, you. Way to go, you. You made her make that noise. Put some underwear you on. You broke me. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. God, finally. Put the clothes I, back that's, on. That's really judgmental, guys. You can, you can be naked and listen to this podcast. You can, you can not be not naked and listen to this podcast. I just don't want to think about it. Very inclusive. Just to don't want to know about people, it. Including naked ones. That's very true. We currently are clothed. We tend to record clothed. In case Thought you were going to say we currently are naked. No. I was going to say nope. I mean, definitely not. No. Guys, I, I record remotely. You can only only see me from the shoulders up. I could not be wearing pants. You Taylor know. records with no pants all and the time. And a half shirt. <laughs> no pants. And a special half shirt that she's constructed specifically so that we would think she was wearing a shirt. It just ties behind my neck. It's not even real clothes. It's a paper doll outfit. <laughs> it's like those things you wear for like senior pictures. It just kind of like drape over the top of you exactly. you know yeah. what i'm talking about or like the yeah. shirts that just kind of go to like right below your chest it's like a dicky. <laughs> you know i wanted to say that word but I, I honestly thought like can we say that word i mean i know it's not a bad word but <laughs> it's not a bad word it's like a secret fake half shirt that you wear <laughs> it's a horrible thing though it is i don't i don't uh I don't have one. Like I don't. I've never had one. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas now. <laughs> We're all getting dickies. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know what one is, it's literally just like like they're always turtlenecks, right? Or like some sort of high collar. But well, or I mean, that. you can have like a blouse collar to them too. Oh, right, I think. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like to make it look like you're wearing another shirt underneath whatever you're wearing, <laughs> but without the rest of that effort, because that's just too much. <laughs> 
<laughs> to put on two shirts. Come on. Don't want all that bulk under there. Man, do, you, do you think you're wearing two thirds too much shirt all the time? We have a product for you. <laughs> um, but as, as Taylor, as you mentioned, our show, as always, is for everyone, whether you are clothed or not, whether you like Dickies or not. No, let's not get, let's not no. get too far. No, that is totally whatever your preference or your position on Dickies is, you are welcome to listen to this show. That's right. We love you. Hmm. Um, but that's not why we have stressed Riley out with our talk of nakedness hmm. and Dickies. Hmm. <laughs> but that's not why she was initially stressed. Yeah, I got a lot of homework, guys. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's my fault. I I put it what off. happened I okay so this past week was really a very um bad like I was fine with it because I got some days off but also like bad job school because why would you plan a week like this we went to school Monday and we didn't have school Tuesday for election day and we had school Wednesday and Thursday and didn't have school Friday for veterans day but then Thursday was a school play so we didn't have first through fourth mod which is like my only classes and no one was going to be in class. So I went to school Monday, didn't go to school Tuesday, went to school Wednesday, and we had homework that was due Thursday that we had like Monday through Wednesday to work on. And I had been working on it and I was planning on finishing it Wednesday and turning it in Thursday. And then I didn't go to school Thursday. So I didn't have any reason to finish it. <laughs> so then she assigned more homework for this one class that was due uh, tomorrow, Monday, or I guess yesterday when you're listening to this it was due yesterday so i hope i finished it but uh, <laughs> i am so confused already have we gone back in the, in the past or something have we but, traveled in this conversation <laughs> but there was more homework that was already due monday and i hadn't started on that yet because i was like it's not due until monday i have a long weekend and then there was homework that was due thursday that I didn't do so now i have homework that's actually due tomorrow and homework that was due thursday and i haven't done any so of you it procrastinated is what you're trying yeah. to say you procrastinated and played a hooky you could have just said that's succinct that 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 works but i had to give you the whole calendar it sounds so much worse <laughs> now you i just have finished all of your homework in the time it took you to explain why you didn't do your homework <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna go work on my homework now bye everybody okay, no, no. this is your homework too we're part of your homework yeah yeah that's mm. true you get credit for this guys i have so much Deal homework to do like uh, we can't rush our art riley Sydney, we gotta rush our art. I have like ten hours worth of homework to do. Um, that procrastination, at least uh, as far as I'm considered, is definitely in our genes. Mm-hmm. I am a procrastinator from way back. Why do something today when you can wait until ten minutes before you have to do it? Yeah, and do it then. Yeah, got a lot of stuff I could be watching. <laughs> oh, good. See, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm the same way. I, I always was a, I was a chronic. Uh, procrastinator um in art school i got a little better but then it came with this double-edged like consideration of but sometimes i felt like my work was way better if i was in some sort of pressure like if i tried to do like artwork way ahead of time it was never as good as the stuff that i just pumped out the night before Mm -hmm. so i don't know like part of that's like maybe this is the way i'm supposed to be i'm better like this that's definitely (laughs) not true I don't know. I always kind of felt that way. Yeah. I did, at least in college, for sure. In med school, there's not, like, homework per se. I mean, it's mainly just studying. Yo, that sounds chill. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> there, there's homework in the sense that if you aren't constantly 
going back through all the material you learned each day to reinforce it and make sure you really absorbed it and then like reading ahead for the next stuff so that you're prepped to learn it, then you're, you're going to fall behind. But it's not like there were like assignments, like go home and do a bunch of medical problems and turn them in the next, I don't know, like what would have, you know, like do this worksheet and bring it tomorrow and hand it in. Like we didn't have that kind of stuff, you know, it's not, yeah. That'd be yeah. silly. <laughs> Take home this yeah. cadaver. <laughs> no. Don't tell people to do that. <laughs> no, they, that that's was, not good. That's illegal. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Um, but yeah, I always, I have a theory about this actually, because I always feel like my best papers are written. I won't say my best projects are done under pressure because that's definitely not true. But all of my projects are due under pressure. Um, but all my papers that I've written under pressure, like late at night, like one in the morning, night before it's due, um, I think I always think are good because I'm so tired and I'm so sleep deprived. I just forgot what I've written and I don't really know what I'm saying anymore. And it's just kind of coming out and I'm like, well, finished it. It's as long as it needs to be. It's great. And I turn it in and then it's awful. They're all just stream of consciousness, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I mean, th- that can make for some interesting like fiction. Yeah. It's also She's really dangerous. Doing, like, beat generation <laughs> research paper. <laughs> When your teacher tells you sound in the fury, the research. (laughs) When your teacher tells you write me a zero draft, so just write down everything that happens. Leave in your grammatical errors, leave in your spelling errors, which is very dangerous to tell me to do because, like, I always go back and edit stuff as I'm going. I can't have grammatical or spelling errors or anything. If you tell me not to correct it, I will just write until I am done, and I will not look back. And that is very dangerous to tell someone tomorrow have a zero draft done for me, and then I just write. Who knows what's gonna happen? No one. This is this is confusing to me because do you guys still physically write things with like your hands and a pencil? Does that no. still happen? No. Okay. No. So you're on a computer, right? Yeah. So what I mean, isn't that spell check and that grammar check just just pumping through all your mistakes? Yeah, it's just well, highlighting it, like, and underlining everything, and right? Yeah. Like, you and guys don't know how to, to go back and spell fix it. or or grammar. Or grammar. <laughs> Fair. So why why don't why not just click the buttons at the end? Because she tells you not to. That's a weird. That's a zero draft. Apparently, tell you not to fix any of your errors. What if you're just really good at spelling and grammar, and then you turn it in and it doesn't have any of those mistakes? She did tell me the first time we did one this year that it didn't have enough errors, and that she thought I had gone back and edited it. I was like, no. Just thought as I wrote. I didn't like to write. Like I thought. You get marked down because you didn't have enough spelling. I got marked down because I was too good at spelling. <laughs> Riley goes through and misspells words intentionally. So, so I got a good grade. Um, well, that I think that's been a really interesting evolution of like homework. Because when I, you know, when I think back to homework, it was assignments that I physically wrote down in a notebook and I would have like, you know, your, your one big notebook notebook per class and like sitting there doing like a whole bunch, writing out a whole bunch of math problems in a different math class or like, uh, like, like journal entries. Like we used to have to write, like physically write journal entries for a lot of English classes or like diagramming sentences. Do you guys still do that? We did that in middle school. We don't really do as much grammar now. It's a lot of writing. In AP, like language and literature, there's a lot of like dissection of writing. And like writing down, I mean, you don't do spelling now, you're too old for that. But I remember like writing pages and pages of spelling words. Yeah. Cursive. Do you all do cursive? Yeah. You still do cursive, cursive, right? Well, no. What do we write and turn in? 
I mean, but you're still taught it? No. In elementary school. Okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, we weren't learning cursive in like high school. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't go to cursive class. <laughs> no, like we learned it and then we moved on to yeah. other things. <laughs> we didn't continue to like re- you and know, they scared our us cursive skills because they told us that in high school and middle school, if you didn't write all your papers in cursive, they wouldn't take them. But what? like, that's so not true. Well, no, because now you just type. Because now we just type. Like, we're not going like, to pick like a cursive font. Going going back to the day, you know, we didn't. Eventually, by the end of maybe by the end of high school, I was. T- yeah, definitely by the end of high school, I was I was typing things on the computer. Um, but when I first started turning in things that had to be typed. I had two options. Uh, our grandma had a typewriter. What? Ty- mm. A typewriter. I actually remember doing um, college applications on the typewriter. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, I did. And then um, we had a word processor for a while here, which was like a precursor. Like once you had a computer, there was no reason to own this thing. But it was like a big giant keyboard and then there'd be paper in it and you would like type into like a little digital screen where all your words would appear and then once like yes yes that looks good you'd hit a button and it would like print it out that bit of it on the paper so um what i'm understanding is a printer <laughs> well but it you type something on a digital keyboard. screen that prints it you type something on a digital screen computer and you print it it's a laptop but it didn't have a, a screen printer. like it no. didn't have a big screen it was just like a teeny little green digital so it's like if you combined a laptop and a printer and well it was like a label maker and a printer i was gonna say because you could only type like a sentence at a time so it was a very hard way cognitively Uh, to like work (laughs) i couldn't do that yeah i did papers on that i couldn't do that no no but that um but that's been a big that was a big shift i remember when it started being like you can turn things in that you wrote on the computer Mm. use you know my, we, we used Microsoft Office. I don't remember why we always used Microsoft Office for That's everything in our used. house. That's what we had. Didn't Word take over that? Isn't that part of it? Yeah, Office Word is, is a part like of Microsoft Office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Microsoft of Office is like Word and PowerPoint and I'm Excel. Thinking, do you remember Works? Anyway, it was something different. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I remember that, but all the way even through college, when I handed something in, when I was done with a paper, I physically picked, like, had a stack of paper that was stapled together with a title page that I took and handed physically to my teacher. So you all never turned anything in electronically? No. No. Not a single thing. That's crazy. Ne- never emailed not. anything. There was no way to turn. There wasn't, like, an established way to, like, upload, like, a PDF somewhere. Yeah. That, that did not happen. Um, I took no quizzes online i think the first time i'd ever done that was actually in med school i took this special tropical medicine course and they had some of the tests online and that was the first time i'd ever taken a test online it's crazy other Um, than like like standardized tests like my boards are online mm -hmm. yeah everything i turn in pretty much now is turned in online i mean like you write it and it's due at like most of the time they make it my teachers make it due the day that it's due at seven in the morning online and like they get a timestamp so they see when you turn it in and it'll tell them if you turn it in late i think it's because they know that we're all up late all night working on it so they're like i'm not gonna make it do at midnight just make it do at seven in the morning it's <laughs> fair does that yeah. make you wait even later though yeah it's also kind of like a punishment <laughs> like 
instead of just giving you until midnight to turn in, I'm giving you until seven in the morning. So you could be up until seven in the morning instead of just being up till midnight. That's what you get for procrastinating. Other than, than writing papers, what other, like, I mean, because I do remember, like, coming home and doing a whole bunch of, you know, I mean, when we're talking high school math, like, Algebra 2, well, no. Yeah, I guess it was Algebra 2, Trigonometry. Yes. Those kinds what of about things. What about them? Like, do you do that? Still? Well, I mean, do you, I don't do you, have, like, you do big... math still? <laughs> do you do math? That's what <laughs> I'm saying is, math. do you do math? <laughs> um, I don't have a math class this year, but last year I had a math class, and yeah, I had math problems, but the past, my two years of high school that I've had math classes, it's been a very easy math class where we go in, she goes over the homework from the day before and tells us the right answers and answers questions if we have them, gives us a new homework assignment, and we do that, and it's due the next day. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, it's just like, here's the last 35 minutes of class. Your homework is due tomorrow. Do with it as you will. Really? Yeah. So I just did my homework during class. I don't remember ever having that. T- like, I always feel like homework was specifically, like, you don't Her have time. Yeah, you don't have time to do that here. Yeah, it's called homework because you do it at home, and it's work. <laughs> Now, a little bit of I, I think section a lot of people you. would have you believe that teenagers are expected to do way more homework now than they used to do. Do you think, I? and I don't know this, I have no idea statistics on this to prove whether or not that is true. Do you think that's true? Do you think you, I mean, like, I think an, so. what's an average night of homework for you? Yeah, like time-wise? Yeah. Like two hours. A night? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh. it, I mean, it's, I try to be responsible with my work. So I will say for me, it is two hours a night because we have a chapter a week to read in like both of my AP psychology, and my AP US history classes. So we're supposed to have a chapter like we start on one Monday and then have it read by the next Sunday to take a quiz online every Sunday. Um, but I try to read the chapter as I go throughout the week instead of waiting and trying to read all like 45, 50 pages in one day and take notes as I go throughout the week. Now, do you think that, because you go to school a half day, Mm -hmm. but you do take very challenging courses as well, Mm -hmm. do you think that's average then with a lot of your friends? Or are your friends, since they're going to school a full day, are they doing twice as much homework as you? I will say my friends, um, not all of them are in all AP like I am because most of them have seven classes a day. But the the, the ones that I do have that are in all AP either don't do what I do, which I think I take the extra time that I have because I try to do my homework obviously didn't work out this week for me very well i try to do my homework in the time that i come home like i get home at like twelve thirty and try to give myself like two hours so like by the time everyone else would actually be done with school i don't have any homework or like uh-huh. i have an extra hour where people are already at school and i don't have homework um i don't think all of them have that time so they don't worry about doing the extra stuff like they will read the chapter all in one day or like do the notes all in one day or wait until the last minute to do stuff. And like, I still do that on big projects, but like nightly homework and stuff. I don't think everyone else does as I do. Are they doing like four, but they're not doing like four hours of homework a night. No, I'd say they like don't do the extra reading and studying and stuff that I do. And they probably just do like the, I'd say like hour, 45 minutes to an hour of actual homework that we have to do a night. I feel like that was more like us, Taylor, does that sound right? I feel like I spent like an hour maybe. 
Yeah, well, I feel like uh, maybe I just have particularly evil teachers, but during the weekdays, you might have maybe an hour, maybe two, some days not at all. It was always the Friday homework. Then they would be like, okay, great. We're going to give you four or five hours of homework because it's Friday. You've got all weekend to do it. Yeah. Like that's when they'd pile it on. Yeah. No, I mean, you're definitely right that the bigger projects were over the weekends, bigger papers. I feel like my one specific history teacher does this on purpose where he'll give us a project and say, this is due in three weeks, knowing that you're going to forget about it until like two days before it's due. Like he says, I gave you three weeks. But who's gonna? He doesn't talk about it in class ever, unless it's the day he signed it, the day it's due. So like, he gave us a project two weeks ago that's due the day we get back from Thanksgiving break, mm-hmm. and everyone forgot about it until like yesterday when everyone was like, "Oh my god, we have a project that's due in two weeks, and it's gonna take us forever." Oh well. Now I I feel like one thing that would get easier now than when Taylor and I were younger is that to do anything that involved like research. Uh, I feel like it would, you know, be way easier now than it used to be, you know, because I remember trying to find time like while I was still within the school building to get to the library and do like library research Mm -hmm. on things um, because it was going to be a pain if I hadn't done it by the time I had to leave school because what am I going to go back? Am I going to go to the public library? I actually have to go physically somewhere and do something to do research. And then, of course, the Internet did away with a lot of that. But on the flip side... The internet has a lot of information. Not well, all of it is right or true or helpful or well-sourced or evidence-based, yeah. you know. I remember when we first started being able, I mean, when the internet was a thing, it was still like not, you, you couldn't cite the internet for a while as a source, any sort of website for any sort of research yeah. paper or project. Teachers were very insistent. So, of course, if you were a smart girl like me, you'd get the books that you knew you needed and write them down as your source material and then you get the information from the internet because no teacher's yep. going to go back and read those books. <laughs> They're not going to pull off that, you know, 500-page biography on somebody and look for that one random fact you cited. Heck, no. No, they're they're just looking at your list. They're looking at your sources to see like, did you put periods or commas or quotation marks or whatever the heck in the right places? Like, what's underlined and what's in italics? Like that. I feel like that's all that mattered. But I remember them saying like, you can have one internet source, right. but that's it, and the rest of yours must all be real sources. Because mm-hmm. the idea is like, if it's in a book, then it's real. Yeah. If it was on the internet, well, who knows? See, okay. I, I'm but, assuming that's all changed. Yeah. What, if, what if you make up the books? Which maybe, maybe I did a couple times. You did that before? <laughs> you made up books? How do you make up books and authors and titles? I am a creative type person. <laughs> That's I'm in, well, I no, mean, I'm impressed. I and nobody was ever going to catch you back then because they couldn't Google it. No, no way. <laughs> I mean, now, you know, don't, this, these are not tips, Riley, but seriously, like that, I was always a smart kid. My stuff was always properly researched. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the stuff that I just thought was like, this is dumb, and I know it's dumb, but I know it's also necessary, I just made sure it looked right. Yeah. We can all agree, right? Like, there are definitely, I'm going to say, at least for me this year so far, 50% of the work I've been assigned has either not been taken up at all, which is the most frustrating thing when you stay up until 2 in the morning doing something because she tells you to do it, and then she doesn't take it up and doesn't even look at it, or, like, it's just busy work. Like, it doesn't help you doesn't grade it like they just give you stuff to give you stuff right uh, i mean part of it is that if they if they tell you ahead of time like they think that the work is valuable 
But if they tell you that they're not going to take it up or grade it, you're not going to do it. So they leave yeah. it as a question mark so that you will do it because the belief is that whatever exercise you've done has, has helped you. And yeah, way. has improved your understanding of something. Now, I mean, I, I does it. I don't know, you know, one assignment to the next. I'd have to look at it. And again, it would just be my I'm opinion. Gonna, so who knows? I'm going to dig underneath the surface of homework for a minute and the concept of homework <laughs> and the lives of students today. Just a hot second with you all. Join me on this trip. Um <laughs> Today, I am so worried about getting a good grade and like just getting the A that I don't even worry about what I'm like actually learning. Like, I don't worry about like if this is helping me like understand the book, if this like pre writing process is helping me write a better paper, or like if this paper is actually well thought out and like covering all the points. Like, I just worry about like meeting mm. the length requirement and like doing what I think will make the teacher happy and just like doing everything I can to get the A and not worrying about like what I'm learning. It's like when she says, take notes as you're reading the book for us to look at later i'm thinking i have to take a certain amount of notes on each chapter so that she can look at them and give me points for them not oh she just wants me to take notes that have a better understanding of the book that's a that's a tough point you bring up and that's how all my friends feel that like we don't care about what we learn anymore because all we care about is the letter grade and the gpa i mean what what you're speaking to is definitely an unfortunate truism, which is that I know I have gotten A's in classes where I have not learned all of the right. things you would hope I would have learned. I yeah. mean, for instance, I have, <laughs> for instance, I have a minor in Spanish. I <laughs> got all A's, uh, top of the class in every one of my Spanish courses. I cannot speak Spanish. <laughs> You would assume that I could. <laughs> That's actually a really funny story because I I was in Spanish three last year and we were talking about like family and stuff and like people like go on like mission trips or like doctors like without borders and mm -hmm. stuff. And one of my friends was like, oh, Riley, didn't your sister do that? And I was like, yeah, my sister like went to Honduras, I think was mm -hmm. the trip you just most recently been on. I was like, yeah, Honduras. And like she helped people. To, my teacher was like, does she speak Spanish? And I was like, you know. She has a minor in Spanish, and she was like, so she can speak well in Spanish. And I was, like, thinking for a minute, and I didn't say anything out loud. I was thinking, like, I don't think Sydney can speak Spanish, yeah, but I think. know she definitely has a minor in Spanish. Well, but but here's, here's the thing, and, and this is just my opinion, but, look, every class has a trick to it. Every teacher has a trick to them. Figure out what you got to do to them to get to today. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> That what are you saying, Taylor? Is actually something applicable to life because every job I've ever had is just I just have to figure out what do, what do I need to bring to the table to get what I want out of this. So I understand, but I'm not saying that just learning how to how to put the pieces together to, to get what you want out of a class and, and that's not necessarily a bad lesson. This yeah. is yeah. from the professional bartender, though, so maybe maybe don't listen to me on career. No, that's advice. true, though. I think you're very right, yeah. because if you're talking about preparing people for working, knowing what your boss expects and being able to perform those tasks and deliver is a very useful skill. And yeah. um, knowing that people look at your performance and score it a certain way and that that will help you succeed and, you know, get promoted and stuff like that mm -hmm. and being able to accommodate that that's a useful skill and there is an aspect to high school and and school before that that i think is very much learning how to learn right yeah so it's not so much whatever you learned from the book itself but that you knew how to break the book down so that you could learn from it is that the goal the process is the goal not the you know who always told result. us that right who you're becoming 
Who? Mom. Well. Mom always tells me you go to school to learn how to learn. Mom is smart. Mom gives us good advice. <laughs> You'll learn that. You'll learn that more as you get older. Um, I want to keep talking about homework and diving into this journey of underneath the surface with you all. <laughs> but, but first, let's check out the group message. <laughs> all right, let's go. We have a uh, a Jumbotron announcement this week. Whoop, 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 whoop. That sounded very serious. A Jumbotron announcement. I know, it sounded very serious, so I tried to add an alarm so that everyone would think it was a goof. Uh, do you want to do, do this one there, Riley? Do, do you look me? excited. Yeah, go for it. You oh, looked ready. Hold on, I got to pull it up for she a second. She looked hold raring on. and ready to go. Um, oh, I don't... Uh, these are different. Sydney, you do it. Here's, these are different. All right. This is a commercial. That's why it's different. <laughs> these are different. What, here's what we want you to do. We want you to subscribe to a podcast, and it's called Lindsay Walks. Now, mm. you're probably wondering, what is this podcast about? Tell me. <laughs> Let me tell you. Starting November 10th. So that's already happened. That's in the past. This has already begun, so don't be late. I what day it was. It's the 13th. Starting November 10th, Lindsay Monroe is walking across the United States from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to San Diego, California. And every week, she'll call her stepbrother to check in. You can hear their conversations on the Lindsay Walks podcast. That's a long way to walk. So go subscribe to the Lindsay Walks podcast and you can follow along with her on her journey and find out what she's doing and... You know. Walking. Well, well, I mean, I'm assuming she's walking, but like, like she'll encounter things <laughs> along yeah. the way. I don't think the point of it is just to get there as fast as, as possible. <laughs> That's <laughs> the, a really All long it is is how many miles she's walked. That's all. <laughs> Today, 200. Space. Thank you for listening. 200. <laughs> 200 <laughs> miles oh, in okay. one day. Well, Whoa, how concept fast. of how uh, one can walk there, Rallo. <laughs> I was gonna say how uh do you know how far a mile is? I was thinking total, Sydney. Oh, okay. Like my total mileage today is at two hundred. All right. All this right. is Lindsay Walks. Uh, uh, I bet I bet the real podcast is gonna be even better. <laughs> probably much definitely better than what we just what the little snippet we just gave you. <laughs> all right, sisters, we've got a sponsor I wanna tell you all about about this week. Tell us. Woo-hoo. Well well, Riley, did you know that one in three women experience little bladder leaks when they run, jump, sneeze, or laugh? <laughs> Do you know, by the way, sisters, you don't know this personally yet, but I will tell you, this gets worse after you've had a baby. Mm, good to know. Mm-hmm. This is a, Are you doing an ad right now, or are you just asking me questions to make me uncomfortable? We can do both at the same time. I know. This is my favorite new ad because uh, <laughs> because there's there's a new way for leaky ladies to stay dry while looking fly. I didn't write that myself. I wish I had, though. Um, I want to tell you about Icon pee-proof underwear. Now, do you remember? I, I remember I'd heard of the Thinks period-proof underwear. Those have been out a while. These are the same people who brought you the period-proof underwear. Now they have pee-pee-proof underwear (laughs) they look and feel like regular beautiful underwear but they can hold up to six teaspoons of liquid and they're not all like bulky and bunchy like a like a you know panty liner Mm -hmm. like a pad they don't feel that way that that is a lot of liquid (laughs) any liquid yeah any it's just gonna be pee (laughs) (laughs) we're assuming it's pee though uh so um it comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee, Icon does. So take them for a dry run, and if you're not 
loving them within 30 days, they will refund you. Easy peasy. But it sounds like they're going to be excellent. I know a lot of people yeah. who tried out the period <laughs> proof panties loved them. Yeah. So I think Icon's pee proof panties should be wonderful as well. Now, if you want to check this out, Taylor, where are you going to go? Uh, you should go to IconUndies.com, and if you enter the code BUFFERING, you get $5 off your order. What? You're welcome. We did that for you. Stay so. cool, stay dry, stay fancy, stay beautiful. <laughs> That's right. Live a pee-proof lifestyle with Icon. <laughs> you go to IconUndies.com. Yeah, you can probably go see like, a scary movie or something. Yeah. There you go. You can go yeah. see the scariest of movies and pee your pants. And you'll be totally well, fine. I mean, up to six teaspoons, but yeah. still. <laughs> it's like, don't go full out. <laughs> I've never I've never measured how much I pee, so I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but, you know, keep it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> go to IconUndies.com, enter code buffering. So in addition to just regular everyday homework mm-hmm. that you're assigned, which we all we all remember um, not so fondly, uh, Going I, through not so fondly. Yes, <laughs> I uh, I remember a lot of uh, extra projects mm-hmm. that we would be assigned periodically. Mm-hmm. I remember how many of these have gone the wayside or are still around. For instance, um, dioramas. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. That's your only commentary. Yeah, I made an old man in the sea diorama it. once. Um, it was just I, a little guy and a boat and a, like a fish <laughs> skeleton. Was it old man? What was yeah. the exact point of a diorama? Not that I loved making a diorama. I, I made many yeah. in my day. But, you know, it's just it's just a 3D illustration of some scene from a book, which seems very like, what is this showing? <laughs> this is showing that your mom took you to Michael's Arts and Crafts and you got some <laughs> dowel rods and clay. <laughs> That's, that, I always wondered that, too, because I remember one of my favorite that I made was for, we had to do it when I was much younger for a poem. And huh. I chose Shel Silverstein's Too Many Kids in This Tub. How did I know you were going to say that? Have you heard this story? Oh, no, I've, I've heard I've this seen... poem several times because of Dad I recently. I remember this diorama. I think this I remember is, this. Do you remember this? So the poem is, it's a Shel Silverstein poem. There's too many kids in this tub. There's too, too many, many elbows, elbows to, scrub. to scrub. Scrub. I just washed, <laughs> washed a behind. I'm sure it's That's mine. A, <laughs> yep. There's too, too many, many kids, kids in this tub. tub. That's it. I love you, Shel Silverstein. I have so many of his. If you ever want to hear the crocodile went to the dentist, I know the entire thing by heart, and I can do it in meter. It's very good. Anyway, the point is <laughs> meter. Who doesn't? I mean, like I have like that? a rhythm to it. You give me a beat, and I can do it. But. Um, <laughs> I made a diorama of too many kids in this tub, which was like a bathroom with a bathtub and then a bunch of these little plastic babies in the bathtub. And then I don't remember some something, some sort of bubbles. Great. Anyway, that was the whole thing. But I, like, why? Like, why did I do that? What was I, that about? What did <laughs> I, I don't remember. What, what did, did you learn, learn from that? I think it's great to... I, from from my position to have kids doing things that are artistic but i can't imagine that's the intent at all like i don't think it's it's a sneaky way to get kids to like make arts and crafts no um, what yeah well I, I mean do you you still do those no the only diorama i've ever done was in elementary school we each were given in a group of like four people each were given a different um habitat or like area of climate and we had to make it in a little box and um, I, I had the underwater. This, this actually makes a little more sense to me. 
Yeah. Like, we, like, painted it blue and, like, put, you know, like, little, like, mom always comes up with creative stuff to put in those kinds of projects that you have to make. She always comes up with ideas last minute, like, when we do them last minute. And, like, we put cellophane in the back so it looked like water and fish and it was very cute. But it was in, like, first grade. So. But but I could see, like, if you wanted to do different, like, habitats, different, like, you know, areas and environmental areas mm-hmm. and climates and that kind of thing and, like what that leads to like what kind of animals are there what kind of plant life is there what's the weather like like that at least informs in some way yeah if it's a picture from a book i still don't know like what that says about yeah i understand when you're writing something to accompany it and like if we made the habitat and we wrote a little like these are the animals and these are the you know conditions and this is where it's located like that's that's different that's learning something but yeah. like if we just made a box full of fish like that's that's, <laughs> that's not the same thing <laughs> i guess maybe reading cognition like how how much are you paying attention to the details i don't know i remember doing uh, a big project on 1984 in high school and doing like I, I was always one of the, the smoke and mirror kind of girls. Like, I'm just going to throw as many cool looking things that I've made at you and you're going to be convinced that I'm really smart. <laughs> really, I just made a bunch of cool stuff. But I did like a, a diorama of Winston's room. I remember then, this. Yeah, and it then was I also cool. did like a city layout with like all the ministries of like love and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very, it was like a, like a three part situation. I think I had to do like a 45 minute talk in the class or something like that. And I just basically spent the whole time explaining all the cool stuff that i'd made <laughs> and i got an a <laughs> I, I remember that. that that was very cool <laughs> um no, i i do think you're very smart also but that yeah. was also very cool well, oh see no i i smart enough to, to once again you find your way or you you figure yeah. out what they're really after what do they really want which that really way, is a skill <laughs> to get underneath there and i i was I was very proud of these Pueblos I built once out of... <laughs> Tell us about them, Cindy. The Pueblos that I, bu- I built them out of. That you were proud of. Yeah, that I was very proud of them. I built them with the shoe, like little shoe boxes and little boxes and mm-hmm. the brown paper. And I was very proud of the Pueblos. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Pueblos. I've had, I actually had that thought after Charlie was born, like, oh, someday I'm going to build Pueblos with her. <laughs> That's the moment every mother looks forward to with their daughter, building pueblos with them. I can build pueblos. They were lovely. I wasn't as good with the art stuff. You know, the the secret, the secret to making any any project in A though, and uh, our mom taught us this: (laughs) food. Yeah, just bring food. Yes. If you can incorporate food into your book report or into whatever your presentation, I. I I remember doing um, like Sydney. I think you, you were saying you did one too, like a a country presentation, uh-huh. and uh, mine was Greece. And I definitely did it the night before. But mom went to the international market and got like a tray of baklava, and I I performed well. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've made some like spicy cornbread at some point for some reason, and then there was like a I don't even remember what country that was for. And then I remember making Italian wedding cookies once. Yeah. And yeah, people love you when you bring food. Yeah. Uh, I learned that lesson the hard way last year in biology when we had to make a 3D cell of some sort and like label all the different parts and make it out of something unconventional is the way she described it. And I was going to do like a cake 
and just put but like the things on top of it everybody does, does a that. cake exactly yeah so i was like i know it's food i know everyone loves the food and it would have been cute and it's a cake and everyone could have eaten it but everyone's gonna do that so i'm gonna do something different and sydney helps sydney knows we made a pillow yeah. It was a soft, fluffy pillow with three-dimensional little ribosomes and endoplasmic reticulum mm-hmm. and all Bulgy of that bodies. kind of stuff. It was really cool. All of it was in there. And a uh, <laughs> girl brings in a cake with like fondant on it in different shapes and colors. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is the best project I've ever seen. And I was like, I made a pillow. Uh, you know. Which, to be fair, my biology teacher kept it and decorated her baby's nursery with it. So well, there you go. So there you go. Uh, you 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 hit up the wrong sister because uh, you know what I did when I was confronted with that project in uh, in school. What did you do, Tay? I made a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a really good way to represent a cell. I've never thought about it before. I mean, you got the crust that's like the little, like cell yeah. wall. Yeah. You got the sauce that's like the um the uh the liquid. What I don't know what it's called. Sorry, I was I trying to, to see as far away from the microphone as possible. <laughs> I'm not in science this year. I don't know that. I, was, I had backed away because I was trying to like like dash away from the mic while I was about to sneeze. I have a little bit of a cold. Sydney like, actually dabbed a little bit. I did. I don't know. She was like, <laughs> I was dabbing away from the microphone to try to not sneeze directly into the mic. You know, there's a kid. There's a kid in my psychology class. Every time he sneezes, he dabs like on purpose, (laughs) arms straight out, like like right up. It's hilarious. Oh, so he like people like it. People enjoy. Yeah, it's like a goof. It's not like it's not like that kid. It's like why is that kid dabbing every time? Like every every time we see it, we're like ah, there he goes again. Like crazy kid dabbing when he sneezes. So if I started doing that at work, would people think I was cool? Please do that at work. <laughs> Every single time you have to do anything, like cough, cough in your elbow and just dab it up. <laughs> I don't, I don't dab, know how please. I feel about a, a dabbing doctor. I don't, I don't think that makes me comfortable. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll pilot that program for a while this yeah. week. I'll Every time you have a teen patient or mm-hmm. teen in the area, just like survey the area real quick, spot a teen, sneeze, dab. Dab and then say, hey, I'm dabbing Dr. McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my office today. What can I do can for I you? Can I suggest Dr. Dabbing? <laughs> How is your iPhone today? How are your snaps? Jets. Have you done a story yet? On Has your- it been 24 hours? <laughs> are you a dog in your story? Ariana Grande is someone. <laughs> Kylie Jenner. Yes. <laughs> Dab. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> T Swizzle. No. Oh, okay. Look, patient, I'm super woke to your problem today, so I've got this. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> <laughs> You just say the name every, of celebrities, every, right? Like, that's all you do to teenagers. You just look at them and say the names of celebs. Every like. time you leave a doctor, like, the, the room after seeing a patient, I want you to to turn around, open the door, turn around, and just go, Drake, and then dab, and then <laughs> walk out. <laughs> and then I'll say, by the way, did you ever see him on Degrassi? Because he was excellent. <laughs> and then I'll move on. Um... So that's my homework. <laughs> yes, there's your homework. 
No, I, I think I think food always worked well for projects. Um, the more stuff you had in general, like, and this kind of applied, I think, more to like science fair and social studies fair projects. Like, it was it. Do not think you have done enough if you just have the board, the trifold. Oh no no no! Presentation board. No, no that is not enough. No. You need a lot of that's bare minimum. Yeah, on your table. Um, yes. I remember we did one on the women's movement for a social studies fair and we had, we made a quiz game, made a game about like famous women and what their contributions were. We had a little TV with a VCR in it, cool. TV VCR combo plugged in at our stand with, um, we had just on a tape made a loop of the Mary Poppins scene where Mrs. Banks sings sister suffragettes. Mm-hmm. Just had that on loop the whole time. Like the more things you can lay out. Yeah. And then of course you have Definitely. to have like that, the look too. So like yeah. we had our, our suffragette banners on and you know, I remember that doing helps. one on like Greek gods and dressing up in like a toga. <laughs> <laughs> I think I also had food what? there too. Like grape leaves. Why not? <laughs> Here you go. I think we can all agree that I had the best social studies project um, of any of us. And it was, how do video games make kids smarter? And I themed it around Mario and had uh-huh. Dr. Mario at the top asking that question. And I wore my lab coat. It was Sydney's lab coat. I yeah. wore a white coat. I got interviews from all my family members <laughs> that play video games. I had a little, like, like, um like a portfolio little book almost of different video game consoles. And when they came out and studies and I had video games laying out amongst my <laughs> trifold and controllers and I went all the way to the state and I got third in the state. So there you go. So there you go. Yeah. I know mom has pictures. I know they'll be on the Facebook group at some point. People like to look <laughs> at all the stuff you have. Yeah. They're like amazed by like, look at all these things. And like kids <laughs> just walk over and like those video game controllers aren't plugged into anything. There are no screens here, but they're going to play with those video game controllers. Mm-hmm. And then you win. See, I, I always admired though, the, the sheer audacity of that one kid that would just take like five or six facts and print them out in the biggest font possible. <laughs> and then they'd back so them true. like with three borders each. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the header on the top of the board would be like half the board and it would just say like, you know, whatever. Like, Wait, which, uh, which dish soap is best? Yes. <laughs> Bacteria. <laughs> I will say the one social studies project that was not mine that always stood out to me is someone who put in the effort and made it very cool was um, a kid in my class who did one on the Eiffel Tower and made the Eiffel Tower out of Legos and, like, scaled it to size of, like, a Lego person and, like, a real person and, like, built it so it was as tall as his trifold. Oh, my gosh. It was great. I mean, it was it was awesome. But wow. I never had that kind of dedication. I, I still remember one of my favorite from Social Studies Fair, and this was in, like, sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, mind you. So a middle schooler put together a project that was titled nafta do we have to <laughs> and I, I remember looking at that and like i was i mean i'd like to think i was a little more informed and part of the process than than your average middle schooler but still i remember looking at that going like 
that kid knows enough about NAFTA to do a social studies fair project. And you know that was like a parent like, I'm so sick of this stuff. I'm going to do a social studies fair project. I'm going to get my message out there. <laughs> NAFTA, do we have to? That's so funny. So I'll explain NAFTA to you later, Riley. Thank you. Um. <laughs> I love that you don't like just automatically. Thank you. No, I have no idea. Yeah, then you got, you got it. You got it. I'm very tired. I have so much homework. And we, all we did is talk about homework. Oh my god! I, I'm sorry. I just I'm remembering a detail from my Greek Greek goddess presentation. This was a mom idea. I wore Nikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wore Nikes. I had a partner on it. We wore Nikes specifically so we could talk about about Nike. Sounds like a mom idea. Yeah. That is that is totally a mom idea. I will say one thing about, I'm going to say probably 100% of the projects I've done, and I'm going to say probably close to 100% of the projects both of you have done. Our mom always helped us with projects and yes. always came up with the niftiest ideas mm -hmm. and always had the most outrageous ideas that at the time I would be like, mom, come on, I don't want to do that. And I would do it and it would always turn out working and I'd always turn out getting a good grade on it. And I would always wait until the night before, so she would inevitably end up staying up with me until like three in the morning and helping me make a board game on a region of West Virginia or yeah. a trifold about video games. I made that board game about West Virginia. Mm -hmm. West Virginia history, what's up? Golden Horseshoe. Golden Horseshoe. <laughs> Morgan Morgan, first settler of West Virginia. Only thing I remember, Morgan Morgan. Morgan Morgan. Um, we also have pepperoni rolls. That, that, yeah, yeah, we have pepperoni rolls. That's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the problem, though. I think what you're hitting on is the is the thing about homework that gets to be problematic is that we were very lucky that mom was available because mm -hmm. she wasn't working in the evenings and yeah. she could be there with us on evenings and weekends to like invest a ton of time in these projects and help us with them. And like she also pushed us constantly. It was also it was a value she had. And I don't mean push us in a negative way. I just mean like if you're going to do it, let's do a good job with it. Yeah. Let's put some time into it. Like, don't just throw something She never there. wanted us to be one of those kids that spread out five facts amongst an entire travel. <laughs> no. And the, and the problem is that, like, what, so when it comes to these bigger projects, you're grading the kids, but you're really grading the parents, yeah. too, because the kids who do have parents who are in a position to do that are going to have more success, mm -hmm. are going to get more awards, are going to be looked at more favorably by their teachers and administrators, get better, uh, better letters of recommendation in the future. And it's not, it's not really fair because there are a lot of kids who maybe are doing the best they can on their own, mm -hmm. but w have the drive and motivation, but don't have that necessarily parental support. And I don't even mean to insinuate their parents don't care. Maybe their parents have to work and yeah. aren't there, aren't available, you know, yeah. can't drive them to walmart at 3 a.m because they really forgot like they need styrofoam balls to yeah. cut in half or something you know what i mean i mean like seriously that's yeah. the kind of stuff that like you can't do on your own when you're a kid yeah. now that that is true and a lot of the thing these things we're talking about now that i think about them they're probably kind of expensive endeavors too there is a fair bit of an investment yeah. on our part to make these really cool projects mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you know that's it's it's unfortunate where yes it's all the all the cool stuff that you put up there gets you a better grade, but that's also like maybe maybe not the way that we should grade. <laughs> no, it really isn't, and that and that gets to be problematic when it comes to homework in general. Is that a lot of the time homework is you know your kid kids are going to stumble across things that they don't know how to do, and the more help and assistance you have at home, 
the better you're going to understand and learn. Cause it's like get you get like a private session teaching session at home. And if you don't, you know, I mean, there is value to trying to figure things out for yourself, but then if you could just do it all on your own, why do we even have teachers? You know, I mean, obviously we need that. We need instructors. There's right. a reason that we have that. We don't just like read everything on the internet. So I don't know. That's difficult. I don't know that more homework is necessarily going to make everybody smarter. No, I mean, I don't think so because I'm the one that has to do it. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, though, you, you've benefited from having lots of people around to help you out with certain things. <laughs> yeah, really. Do you want to talk about true. your online quizzes? Um, so I mentioned my <laughs> online quizzes earlier. We have to do every Sunday for my history class and my psychology class. And um, for the first full week of school this year, I went to the beach with, you know, Sydney Taylor and Justin and Scapey Mike and Mom and Dad. And um, uh, we were... And Skittles Joe. And Skittles Joe. And um, it was the first week I'd ever done one of those quizzes before. And I was very stressed out about it because I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I had gone over the chapter and done my notes on the chapter, but I did not know it would require reading the chapter word for word. So I had not done that. It was a very long chapter. It was somewhere between 40 and 50 pages. And I sat down to do the quiz and I was like, everyone, please help. So I remember I was uh, sitting at a table at our beach house with Scapey Mike and Skittles Joe and Taylor and Sydney and Justin all crowded around me, <laughs> looking through my book and looking up answers to questions online <laughs> to try to help me finish this quiz because it's a timed quiz. It's not like it's just a quiz that you have as much time to work on because that would have been fine. I could have looked at the answers, but this is a 20 minute quiz to do 20 <laughs> questions. And it was very hard and very stressful. It was very hard. It was very hard. Maybe slightly impeded by the fact that all the adults in this equation were, uh, they were on vacation time. They had maybe a couple, <laughs> couple of island time. We, we were on island time. It was five o'clock there. Everywhere, all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was my first quiz experience of my junior year. And I ended up doing very well in those quizzes. And it was all because of I my family. Oh, well, and that's, I mean, I think that's the, 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 on the, the other side of it, the benefit of homework. I think if anything, the more that it gets people at home, if you have somebody available to help you out, I think that it is like, it's extra teaching hours you're getting at home, one-on-one -on -one attention that you need. And, and then it instills that value. I mean, that was something that we were very lucky to have. Our mm -hmm. parents told us this matters, right? This really matters. And I, I'm not saying that grades are the most important thing in the world, but, you know, working hard and trying to succeed at, at tasks put in front of you, it's an important value that I yeah. hope to pass on. So, well, and it, it was like, I mean, mom was so hands on with all that, that when you got an A, it was like, we got an A. And that's not to say mm -hmm. that, you know, but it, it mattered because you weren't just letting yourself down. You were, you were letting your parent down if you didn't perform. And that exactly. that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. Uh, I have I have one quick question, Riley. Mm hmm. We, we kind of got into it and then we, we got off subject. And I just, we you know, like I said, back in the day, we used to use the library mainly to research things. As the internet came, as we came into the internet age, it was restricted. There's And I even now find that even among some of my colleagues that are older than me, like this automatic mistrust, like, well, but if you read it on the internet, it could be fake. Mm -hmm. And like this question, how do you know how to assess a source on the internet and decide is it reliable how do what do you do to make sure do you get classes on that like do you have teachers who sit down and say you know we tell you not to use wikipedia and it's not just because it's easy and you know that would be too easy but because 
Wikipedia is something that everybody makes and it's, yes, of course, everybody's checking each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a hundred percent the most accurate source on everything all the time. Yeah. This is not me slamming Wikipedia. I look at yeah. it too. I'm just they saying, too. you know, I mean, there's, there's a reason that your teachers would point you to other sources. Do they go over that stuff with you? Cause I think no. that would be one of the most important skills. They don't. Um, the way I kind of determine it is I go through and I get the information that I need and then I put the, uh, you were talking about, which was crazy, earlier, having to make your own citations and like putting the commas and the yeah. quotes and everything in the right place. And we just have a website that our teachers tell us to use. It. It's not like a secret that we figured out. Like our teachers tell us to use it. So we'll always put our bibliographies in the right format. Um, and I kind of put it in there and see if it's a website that actually has information on it on this website that it can find. Yeah. Then it fills it out and I don't have to look for it. Then it's probably a trustworthy source. Huh. But if it's one that like I put it in and all it could give me is like the website name and like the date it was published. Like that's probably not the best. But if that's it can give me like an article title and a company name and an author and an updated date or whatever, like that's that's probably good. Do you ever use Google Scholar? No, but my English teacher told us about it. I don't really understand it. It's just, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'll use it sometimes to look for like medical, like actual papers. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, the, the only problem with it, a limitation for me is that if I don't have access to that journal, sometimes I'd have to pay to actually read the article. But what, yeah. but I'm finding like peer reviewed articles on there. So, you know, sources that are, yeah, at least in my world, more trustworthy. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that would be like the most important thing because the fact is there's so much misinformation on the internet alongside all of the really great information that's out there. I mean, it's like, it should be the great equalizer, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we all have internet access, we should all have access to learn everything about everything. But unfortunately anybody can put anything out there. So yeah. Yeah. It does seem like there should be some sort of class specifically tailored. Maybe there is one on how to research in the modern age because we definitely had them like we had classes on how to mm -hmm. how to how to properly research a paper not not just like you know how to make the citations but how to actually seek out information in a library type setting now it's yeah. like the opposite it's like how to filter out information it, it really is i know how to go to a library i know how to read a card catalog because that's useful <laughs> <laughs> you know i know the dewey decimal system i know how to go to a library and like figure out what what where to find books and what, how to re how to evaluate the sources, how to find journals in a library. I know how to do that, like to search periodicals and stuff there. But on the internet, it's been something I've largely had to figure out for myself, mm -hmm. trial and error style. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would like to say kind of, and I told you so, because I told you we were going to dive underneath the surface of homework and its meanings. And you were gonna, I was going to take you on this journey with me. And you all now have discovered some deep, <laughs> hidden feelings and meanings of homework that you did not previously know were there. Well, thank you. On this journey underneath the surface I, with Riley. I guess we all learned a little something today. Okay, well, I just I just ended it on a really inspirational <laughs> note, and you had to throw that in there. Uh, all I've the learned upon reflection know. is that I've, I've been a total, like, I've just phoned everything in and gotten around the system at every turn, so I don't know how good I feel after this episode. I think that what you just said was a very important life skill, though. It is. I think. <laughs> That's I think what you get from going underneath the surface. Some hey guys, sometimes the system is broken. You know. Mm. Dang. That's an important life lesson. Sometimes mm -hmm. the system, sometimes mm -hmm. the system isn't working for you, so mm -hmm. you got to work without the system. You got to yeah. work around and under and over the system. Stick it to the man. That's right. With baklava. 
<laughs> Stick it to the man with baklava. Because it's with, sticky. It with is. baklava and uh, a looped video of Mrs. Banks from Mary Poppins singing Sister Suffragette. And, and can we all be Dr. real? Dr. Mario. Cliff Notes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, and Cliff I, Notes. I love, love, love some books, but yeah, Cliff Notes. <laughs> They're the way to go. Yeah, every once in a while you got to read, you know, The House of the Seven Gables. <laughs> Or The Prince, which is the hardest book I've ever had to read. I, I, I like that there's a takeaway from Still Buffering at Large, The House of Seven Gables. is just a book. <laughs> I, I'm going to take every opportunity in my adult life to slam that book. Grease 2 is amazing. The House of Seven Gables is terrible. No, Grease 2 is awful. No, Grease no. 2 is awful is the consensus we've reached in the show. No. Yes, Grease 2 is I've the worst. I have never given my opinion on Grease 2. I yeah, you're the tiebreaker, too. I don't think I... I'm going to wait on that. That's, that's oh, for a no. special episode. That's, well, thank you, sisters. Riley, we are about to release you to go have fun, do some homework. I, I need to go get coffee or else I'm going to fall asleep and go do my homework. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, if... Uh, if you'd like to, you can join our Facebook page, Still Buffering on Facebook. You can uh, tweet at us at Still Buff. If you'd like to have us uh, do a Jumbotron, a message, a commercial or a personal message to somebody you care about, you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron and we will do that for you. Also, check out MaximumFun.org because they have lots of other wonderful podcasts that I am certain you would enjoy um, by our fellow talented podcasters. So go check that out. Um, and personally, everybody out there listening, um, hang in there. Yeah. You know, we, we got your back here. Mm -hmm. And Taylor was saying it earlier, and we were joking about it, that we love you whether or not you're naked, which is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you miss the opening of our show for some reason, if you skip through that part, How'd this is going to sound really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, we love you no matter what you are. Yeah. Uh, and that that is a value that I think the three of us on this show hold very dear. And um, if we do have a message other than House of the Seven Gables sucks. And Grease 2 sucks more. <laughs> it's that uh, you are amazing and wonderful just the way you are. And yeah. we love you for it. And yeah. thank you for listening. And thank you to the novellas yeah, for doing their theme song, baby. Change your mind. <laughs> this is that was that was not unrelated, but thank you too. This has been still buffering. A sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I was, was too. too. <laughs> <laughs> What movies should I go see this weekend? Should I care about the Emmys? Is this meme already dead? Is VR cool? What happened to Choose Your Own Adventure book? Are the Kardashians for real? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Brana. Winter Mitchell. Margaret Wappler. And Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.